While Beauty Lab and Laser is a professionally licensed medical facility, the hosts of this podcast are not medical professionals, nor do they claim to be. The opinions on this podcast are for entertainment only. Please seek a licensed medical professional for all medical questions. Hi, and welcome to Live Love Lab, the behind-the-scenes podcast from Beauty Lab and Laser. If you hear a little lilt in my voice, it's because today's a big day. I'm, so special. I'm joined by... Dre. I'm the other owner, the other co-host. Together we are... Drether. Ashley and Dre. And Dre. Here. here. No, it's Heather and Ashley. Or Heather oh, and Dre. Ashley? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I live vicariously <laughs> through my daughter. She's living the life I always dreamed I'd live. Um, oh I know gosh. my name is not Ashley, although I wish it were. And she's living a much better college experience than I ever have. <laughs> Heather <laughs> and Trey here. here and uh and like our third we have a third we, we have, have a guest hey, it's guest it's time. not just brought me it, and brought Dre. into the bedroom <laughs> Ooh, we should do a voice reveal why don't you do your intro hi everybody welcome back to a new episode of the bad broadcast oh my gosh you guys I'm like I'm I'm so you guys have been really way too kind way too flattering I feel we made you wait in the waiting room for like seven or eight minutes I like 10 minutes are you serious I didn't see look at my phone okay I literally want you to know that when I was in here chatting I thought I thought I was the last to arrive and I thought Baller up, Maddie. Just show up. Show up five after. <laughs> so late. No, I was here. I sat in the parking lot. I got here at 10.50. Oh, and then I sat my, there. Gosh. my gosh. You are a behind-the-scenes backstage pass VIP velvet no, rope no, person. No, no, no. barge in. That feels... I don't, I, don't, I don't resonate with that at all. I feel very out of my out of my depth here. Are you for real? Because no, I'm serious. Like, this is like... We're giddy. We have not you only guys. a champion podcaster, but a champion human being. <gasps> guys, yeah. that'll Someone be Someone who I requested to be on their IG live. <laughs> I literally, it will. I prayed you'd accept me. It's it's weird. I've been trying. This is this is something that I've been tr- like working on for this whole time because in my mind, the bad broadcast is a different person. Like so, okay. things happen to her. So yes. like when when like good things happen or like, you know whatever. I don't know. Good things happen in my career. I'm like, oh, that's great for her. Like, it doesn't set in into my body. Right. There's a total schism between who you are yes. and what you are willing so to when accept people and are, deserve. Yeah. So when people are like, oh, is. the podcast. Even when people stop me, oh, I love the podcast. I'm like, yeah, she's really good at it. Like, it doesn't. Yeah. Like, I love the podcast too. Yeah. Like, I have, I have, I have a um, imposter syndrome, but like to the max, where you, it feels like I'm too oh, people. I, Do you feel that Heather? Absolutely. Like, like, is there housewife Heather? And then like, yeah, that's why I always say regular she's Heather. Be prettier for her because she deserves. I don't really yeah. give a shit. But she really, if I lost six or seven pounds and got my skin cleaned and did my nails when I needed to, yeah. like the only thing that motivates me for self care is Heather, the housewife. Like she fucking deserves it. Yeah. You know? I also, I've, Throw tra- her a bone. I've tried to adopt it as like a Sasha Fierce. So, Ooh, you know, yes. like an alter ego, totally. like bad okay. broadcast. Listen, like you're talking to a queen bee. Yes. Like, like, like the bad broadcast can sit down and pump out episodes and make people laugh and write show all these things. Maddie, not so much, but when the bad broadcast is there, she can do it. So I, yeah, I feel, yeah, I feel very flattered to be here and well, we're thrilled Aww. to have out of my, you. Out of my depth. Do you think we suffer from imposter syndrome more than other uh, pseudo celebrities because of our background and our like upbringing? Yeah, the I, patriarchy. So completely, because first of all, Utah. Second of all, we're women. 
Yes. Well, you guys, oh, well, we are women, but I'm talking about you guys. Are you are suffering from a lot of that? No, I do not. Same <laughs> no. no. black. I, yeah, it's just, <laughs> just take a picture with Drake. Lizzie and I are both like, wait a second. I can't go to Target. And no, I'm just kidding. I literally, I get stopped once every six months. It's it's definitely not like interfering in my life, but just what you're saying about this is something I've been thinking about this like this whole summer about just like a strong sense of self. And I just don't know if I ever had it growing up because everybody around me had such similar identities and, you know, we believed the same things. We, we all looked alike. We dressed mm-hmm. alike. Um, there wasn't a lot of diversity in any way in people's families. And so everything just kind of fell in line. And now I'm this age and I'm like, wait, what, what am I really like? Like, what do I like? What do I value? What do I believe? What do I, all that stuff. So yeah, I think the imposter syndrome comes in because I'm like unfamiliar with my sense of self yeah because it was just decided for me for so long does that does that make sense absolutely it's like when you're a sponge and you're soaked in water there's not a room for to like bring in a lot of other influences and like Mm -hmm. I my personal identity was always supplanted by my identity as like a daughter of God and a member of the church Mm -hmm. like it just I laid that prototype over whoever I really was yeah kind of like you know sex in a sleeping bag you know what i mean yeah like, no, pro- it's prototype prototype is a good word for it because that's yeah that's how it feels it feels like it's kind of like uh yeah like a build build your own adventure but there's like three things that you can choose exactly from. it's a choose your own adventure <laughs> yeah. book and all three outcomes lead to the same place yeah yeah but, and, and the <laughs> yeah, limit, totally. i mean and the options we were told that these options were like wonderful portals of self-discovery and identity but they're truly just within the confines of like your three already pre-planned destinations totally and you probably i mean feel this way on a way bigger scale but then when you put yourself out there in a in a public way then you then you get feedback from people that you're like i did not even know that was like part of my personality i didn't know i was like that and then you're like piecing yourself together through the eyes of who's watching you Mm -hmm. and it's just it's a trip and like i i have to make sure that i'm not like taking on other people's projections of me like oh maddie always does this and this and like sometimes i'll spiral and i'll be like am i that way like am i am i mean am i this am i that and i'm like no they're they're projecting that on me but when you have a kind of baseline low sense of self you just take it all on yeah and low sense of self doesn't necessarily mean like low self-esteem no 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 it means like a malleable identity Mm -hmm. that is that has been taught that your currency and your value is in being like the group yeah not in standing out like i think if we can't even fathom what it would be like to be raised in a family where well what are you going to do that's special Mm -hmm. it's like no i'm going to play the piano i'm going to play the violin i'm going to graduate from seminary i'm going to go to byu i'm Mm going to get married in the temple like all of those anchor points never deviate yeah and you want to do what your sister did you don't want to differentiate yeah yeah Yeah. no i totally yeah the the sense of self thing it's like when I learned that term, I was talking to my therapist about it because I was like, I don't have low self-esteem. Like I, I'm, I'm okay. Like I'm not hard on myself. You know, I don't hate myself most days, but it's that, yeah, that sense of that, like really strong identity. And so I feel like the last couple months of my life, especially I'm like, I want to like take every single woman by the neck and just be like, you can like, you can have like your own identity, like outside of every other relationship outside of, I mean, I don't have kids, husband, parents, all those things. Like you can be completely sovereign on your own independent. Uh, mm-hmm. That's our and word. Yeah, sovereignty. sovereignty. Yeah. I couldn't pronounce it for so long. So I would never say it. <laughs> and I knew exactly what I would say sovereignty because yeah. I like pronounce how I write. 
but like sovereignty yeah. is we we yeah. have no sense of sovereignty yeah yeah and it's really it's it's been like a it's an ongoing thing for me obviously but also it's made me better at relationships weirdly it's made me like a better friend a better partner a better daughter because i'm not getting lost in the other stuff i'm in just what you're supposed to say yeah and what you're supposed to feel and how you're supposed to advise yeah and i'm just showing up and being as 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 me as i can be and it's help in you know i'm helpful i shouldn't say i'm helpful but i can just be there better for people when i'm not so obsessed with their perception of me yeah absolutely that makes perfect sense i want to talk to you a little bit more in depth about that journey and like what were the catalysts that got you Mm -hmm. there but first i want to talk about me yes please (laughs) i also want to talk about you (laughs) well just on that same note i was just thinking like um dre has said like so many times what are some of the expectations of us and we are hyper consumed with how we are behaving as a mom Mm -hmm. and a wife Mm -hmm. um as a daughter, yep. as a sister, as a friend, and then throw in, if you have a career of mm-hmm. any sorts, as a podcaster, mm-hmm. how are you on social media? How are you with your guests? How are you mm-hmm. with your merch? Like, all of those elements. And then just the last one on the list is like, who are you? Yeah. What do you how want? are you to yeah. yourself? Yeah. yeah. How are you to yourself? Yeah. I'm personally terrible to myself, <laughs> and it gives me a lot of empathy for people that self-harm, because mm-hmm. I just self-harm mm-hmm. in a very slow bleed. Yeah, yeah, death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. yeah, you paper cut yourself. Yeah, like to I was death. literally getting dressed out of a suitcase that I have to put a blanket over a Hermes blanket over a Tumi suitcase full of designer clothes because the cat has confused my Tumi suitcases with its litter box. So now mm. when I want to not unpack for four days, I can't just leave it out there. Yeah. Like some sort of, you know, famous person that doesn't have an assistant to unpack her goddamn luggage. I have to put like a blanket over it. So I was late today pulling a blanket over a suitcase, like rummaging through for clothes I wore in LA Uh that I could possibly wear to impress Maddie. (laughs) How do you think I did? I am so impressed. I think you are super, super hot. You also look so snatched. I do? Yeah. You're looking snatched. Camera adds about 45 pounds and more wrinkles than ever imagine possible no. we all showed up in similar outfits today Drake, yeah we did about our outfits yeah so we're all wearing band t-shirts it's so cool i've got britney i've got tupac i've got brother they're a lo- local <laughs> band <laughs> and you know what like this is why you guys are the stars i am the sidekick you oh know what gosh. i know my place ladies no but the truth is you're the innovator you're the trailblazer yeah. i'm where, i mean tupac Icon. And Brittany, you can't go wrong. Yeah, like, like this, this was a this was a low risk choice. Yeah, this is a people pleaser <laughs> shirt. Okay, that's so true. Oh, oh. I can't show up wearing brother. What if I launch a what, guys, launch their whole really, career and they're, they're like really cool. some neo Nazi band? Yeah, I'm gonna look into that. that. I like that. Out. They're like indie. Are they from Salt Lake? Uh huh. Yeah. Well, their merch is sick. Like I know. their merch looks it's high cool, end. Huh? Yeah. I thought it was an Alice and Olivia T-shirt. I love a I love a local anything. I I'm such too. a I'm such a Utah slut right now. Oh, I Any, have a boner for Utah too. Oh, anything yeah. like and I just said this in my episode that came out today, but like in Stranger Things, one of the girls is from Utah. Like oh, his, yeah. his little girlfriend. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wait, I'm sorry. Which one? Susie. Susie. That she's from Utah. Utah, Utah. She lives in Utah. They drive out to Utah to see her. Yeah. She's like a BYU. Remember uh, the turnaround. Da, 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 okay, yes, yes, yes. She lives in Utah. Yeah. No and way. I just fangirl over Like anything, if it says Me Utah, too. I'm so amped. <laughs> this is like my favorite thing to do too. Yeah. It's like Mormon adjacent or, you know, which is basically Utah adjacent. Yeah. 
celebrities. Did you know that Chrissy Teigen was born in Delta? I did yes. know that. Same with Jen Atkins. Well, That's Jen right. Atkins was born here. I don't know. Jen if Atkins. Was- yeah. Jen yeah. Atkins. Wait, hair care is from. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's from here. Yeah. She's raised Mormon. I think. I don't know where she was born, though. Was she born here? Maybe she, she was, was just no, Mormon. She's totally. No, she is from Salt Lake City. And she was. I think she's from. I want to say Orem. Like, oh, I think okay. she yeah. went to Mountain View. Yeah. That sounds right. Jen Atkin. Yeah. Why don't you send me a PR package? <laughs> and also, yes. you Norman adjacent? <laughs> Help a girl out. Yeah. It is this very, very small world within the church. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that adds to like how small the culture and uh, community Utah is yeah. in general. Yeah. I've, I've, we're, I don't know why this just came to mind, but you know what I think adds so much to the small, that Mormonism feeling like such a small world is missions because all mm. of these, because I feel like when I graduated high school, then it's like all these other high schools are all going on missions together. Does this make totally. sense? Like yes. they're all going, it's like the web. Yes. Like and, then they, network. and then they uh-huh. come home and we're all at UVU together and people are like, Oh, I went to, you know, England on my mission. And I'm like, Oh, can I went to high school, went there. Did you know him? Elder so-and-so like, and then, Oh no, I was in the MTC with him but he went to japan and my roommate was injured like and then it literally makes the entire world feel tiny yeah not even just utah uh, completely because it it basically networks like mormons in the same exact age group and demographic from all around the nation yeah and like we were at the indigo girls concert it was you know it was the brandy carlisle concert (laughs) but we were there open yeah (laughs) and um, just a random person said, you were my cousin's mission companion oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> in Toulon. Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, and I knew everything about her. I mean, I lived with her 24 yeah. seven. I prayed with her six times a day. Yeah. I was always within sight or sound of her for, you know, three months. So it's like, totally that cousin knew more about me and I knew more about her. You know what I mean? In that instant. Totally. And even like, yeah, my, so my parents were mission presidents when I was a kid and even still I'll be like, I'll run into somebody that'll be like, Oh, my uncle's, you know, best friend was one of your parents missionaries. And now he works with your brother at, in sales, like weird so, stuff like that. Though. It never yeah. stops. It never stops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's one yeah. eternal round and we're connected forever. Yeah. We can be <laughs> together forever someday. Why don't I know that one? Is that we can because you're too young. You're too young. Oh, yeah. is it an EFY what are song? You, 17? <laughs> no, it's like a weird it's like from Together Forever. Oh. It's a 29 minute video that we used to show potential converts, and it was, um, it's actually a phenomenally well done video. But it basically says if you've lost a child or a spouse <gasps> that you loved, become Mormon, and we'll get them back to you. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> we have a 100 percent return. Uh, wait, policy. did you go on a mission? I did not. Oh no. France, I didn't. France, south of France, south of France. Did you French go on Riviera. A I did not. No, I, I did the marriage track. My my. So I have seven older brothers, and he's the only girl. I'm the only girl and the youngest, and I have one special needs brother. But the other six went on missions okay. full 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 two years, and by the time I got to of but by the time it was my turn, my mom was like, "I'm not sending another one out. You're not yeah, going." I don't blame her. <laughs> I was like, "I just her. did yeah. this yeah. six times, Absolutely. and I I had turned 18 like right as the age changed. Like oh, that's like my birthday's oh, yeah. October. It was like that conference, and I was like, "Should I go?" I toyed with the idea for I would say like eight minutes, and then I was like, "I would no. hate that. Yeah. I would hate it so much." Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so, hard. Yeah, it's really hard. All my brothers are like, "Yeah, it was the hardest." Do you have n- mission nightmares? Um. No, but I have deep wounds. <laughs> I'd probably have nightmares if it wasn't buried so deeply down in the darkest recesses of my heart. But I talk about my mission um, a lot in the book because there's so many absurdities, mm-hmm. you know, like shit you can't make up that happens mm-hmm. that yeah. you just 
taken as normal and you're so young and you're so vulnerable and you're so believing yeah that you really it's like in your most developmental phase of life I felt for me you know I truly it like absolutely curtailed my personality in a way that like I had to like ignore my personal instincts yeah and instead like uh take on the yeah. the role I supposed to say like you know how like being like the answer that I would want to give like my instinctual answer I had to like curtail toward the discussions and the program and what I'm supposed to say yeah. in those situations I think that that is that whole concept right there is something that was probably the hardest still to this day of faith transition leaving leaving the church things like that is like hearing an inner voice and being really confused on like is this me is this correct is this a spiritual prompting is this a warning is this anxiety is this like it's taken me i mean i shouldn't say it's taken me because it's still in the process like i will have a gut feeling and i'll be like i don't know if this is my intuition i don't know if this is or satan trying to lead you away from the most important choice of your life yeah like growing up with i i always had anxiety i was like i was a really anxious kid like i was always like if my mom didn't answer like i called the police like i was like i was always (laughs) like like i was obsessively (laughs) worried all the time but it's because i thought if i had any worry it was a warning like anything that, that felt like, yeah, just, we yeah, heard the yeah. stories of the pioneer girl who heard that and didn't yeah. move. And then like the roof collapsed. Yeah. Like uh, if the very I, place she'd been standing, if I was at recess and I heard a siren, I would run home. Like, because I would just say, I would tell myself and say, that was a warning. That was a, and I got really, really, really obsessed with that. And it's still really hard for me to like separate what is my gut instinct, intuition, truest self, higher self, whatever. And what is just like, worry and anxiety and other bullshit you know mm-hmm. like and that's really hard and it's I, really hard and I'm like sometimes I'm like I'm 29 and I still can't tell if me being nervous is like I should run away or I should lean in because it's new like I, do you know what I'm saying yeah, like it's just totally. it's so well, it's, hard it's to operating from a fear-based uh mentality which is what we are indoctrinated in if you're in a high demand religion yeah because the rules are there so we know how to do it perfectly and so to deviate or to like trust your instinct mm-hmm. versus the, the script is a huge risk. It's like it could be a cliff. And we're taught that we're continually being tempted by things that are not our natural selves. Yeah, yeah. So we don't learn to self-divinate at all. Yeah. We have no sovereignty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it all, it all comes back to that. upon, not acting for ourselves. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it comes back to that sense of self and not like... I don't know. So I, I've realized it's now just trial and error. Like now I'm like, okay, I feel good about this decision. I'm going to take this step, even though it feels weird and we'll see what's on the other side. And I will say more often than not, I'm like, oh, okay, I can trust myself. I can, I can do that. But it took me a long time to be able to be like, okay, I'll, I'll take this step, even though it's scary. Right. Like I was, I was reading this thing. I feel like this applies where our brains are not wired to be happy they're wired to be comfortable so if something feels uncomfortable if you're doing something new your body automatically gives you a warning of like oh this is new it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad but all growing up if something was new it felt bad to me if i was going somewhere if i was going to a movie with friends and they were new friends and i got anxiety i would say oh this is a warning i shouldn't go yeah they're bad friends they're gonna they're gonna tempt me to do something i don't know when in reality it was just my brain saying oh you're doing something new you're safe 
keep going. Right. And so now in my late twenties, I'm like, okay, when I get that fear, I just have to sit and be like, okay, is this new? Am I just pushing myself outside of my, of my comfort zone? And so I'm feeling this anxiety or do I need to trust my gut? And yeah, it's usually not a spiritual warning. (laughs) It's usually just me being nervous about trying something new. Well, yeah, because when, I mean, from a very, very young age, so I grew up Mormon Big surprise. That's all I can talk about. It's my entire personality. Mormonism. Dre, you grew up Mormon. Yeah. Maddie. Yes. Grew up Mormon. And can just consider like the consider the way that we look at life, basically. We sing choose the right. We get a ring when we're eight years old that says choose the right, which implies that your choice, what you're deciding, is either right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And all we want to do is choose the right. Why? Because when you choose the wrong, you fall off the cliff. It's irreparable. You're no longer like divine, mm-hmm. you know, like you're no longer as pure There's as you no could promise. be. And so we are taught that like righteousness through choosing the right, always through always making the right choice, through always listening to that still small voice that's mm-hmm. supposedly our constant companion directing every decision we make, then we will never sin. We do not have the paradigm of it is great to learn through experience. Mm -hmm. We don't say, try dating that guy. And if it doesn't work out, big deal, you'll date someone new. Or try, you know, try (laughs) wearing a miniskirt or piercing your nose. You learn through experience. We do not believe that. We have scripture and doctrine that says it is much better if you learn through obedience rather than through experience. And and faith faith that it is the right decision. You don't need to test it out. So like anytime that we're even choosing, Mm -hmm. it's like our spirituality and our entire destiny hangs in the balance yeah. of whether I go on a date with this guy or not. Yeah. You know, of whether I answer this call or don't like, am I going to give in to the devil or I'm going to choose the right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is that's a lot very to, binary and that's not how life works. Yeah. And it's a lot to hold when you're like nine, 10, yeah. 11, <laughs> when 12. you're nine and you're like, <laughs> and you're like, so Scott Morrison said he'd pay me $50 if I said I was going with him. Is that wrong? <laughs> I don't know if it's fear yeah. or if it's Satan telling me to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And and I don't think my family didn't really have any allotment for um, conversation about it. Like, would it be bad if I let Scott go up my shirt? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's, it was like, just, hey. our parents like taught us how to many, just, How many siblings do you have? I am the middle of six. Middle of six. Okay. And how many boys and girls? Three boys, three girls. Okay. Middle daughter. Bra- Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch. My okay. mom did it right. I yeah. planned to do it the same as her. Then I had three girls and got divorced. <gasps> Well, so I'm a, you've I'm, got halfway. I'm a pitiful person to bring on the family line. <laughs> My gosh, the not name even. dies with me. Yeah, but yeah, the, the the decisions decisions are all just kind of made. You don't really have those discussions growing up. I mean, at least yeah, we didn't. We definitely, you know, just kind of had how we did it, and that was that. Well, there was no question because yeah. everything's laid out for you. Yeah, you know, we have the guidebook. We follow it, and there's no deviation. Yeah, and if and you, if if the, you do deviate, you're you're out. Yeah, and we see just implicitly how people are that leave or that sin or that defy are treated. Like yeah. they are mocked, they are not included, they are not treated with compassion. Like, mm-hmm. oh, she's struggling. Like, can you believe she left with her guitar instructor, left her whole family? Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys feel like she's gonna burn in hell? I know. I feel ho- like I feel hopeful. I mean, just because of like it's still such a big part of my. I mean, obviously we both are. We all have people who are active, believing Mormons in our life, friends, things like that. Like, are you guys hopeful that that's changing for people who leave? I I do. I think (laughs) that it's changing because I I can even see in my own family and maybe it's just like a matter of time heals all wounds. But like when I, cause I left the church 20 years ago and it was, I have a much different relationship with my family now than I did 
like it doesn't af- it doesn't of course it completely affects us all the time yeah but it's a much more like polite and um yeah i'm hoping like generation easier, generationally it's, it's now yeah, yeah. but yeah. the burden is still on us to cater to their righteous rules like tell the story of like this like the swimsuit story Oh yeah, we'll just like like the the shameful shameful swimsuit story. (laughs) Well, just that that my dad is active LDS Uh and um, very devout, and we have a rule at his house, and we you know have we do a lake vacation every year. He has a pool, he has a boat, Mm -hmm. whatever, and we can't wear two piece swimsuits on on the boat. We can't wear tank tops at his house. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to conform to um, what the standards are at his house. There's not really what would happen. Else. What would happen if you didn't is it fight? Like uh, is, he would ask, um, us to, you us, to cover us up to cover really? up. Really? Mm-hmm, would change. it be, is it like confrontational or like, is your family quieter? Like they more are quieter, passive aggressive? but it's a, it's a, Hey, would you come in here? We uh, need to talk. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you're going to be out, um, in the pool, I really need you to follow our rules and where, yeah. you know, so you're going to need to put a tank top on over your, yeah. Your and then Dre just rips her shirt. She's like, that's purity culture. I won't do it. Dad. <laughs> hey, I never, <laughs> all of his pens off the desk i never tempted that but i do have a a sister-in-law who did who was like well fine i'm not coming on vacation with you guys ever again wow and she hasn't whoa unless she can wear her two-piece but they didn't change the rules they just she doesn't No, and funny enough she at the time was active lds really like it wasn't us like us heathens that were um challenging it but um yeah it was interesting but after my brother died we did like that was like one of his biggest things is he was like if we are worried about wearing two-piece swimsuits in this family we have a bigger problem yeah it's like why are we worried about yeah. this why are we sexualizing you know each other that's yeah. disgusting in a family yeah. and yeah. so that was like kind of like a last thing that we were like you know what we need to like care. that was something he was like really passionate about and so they did change the really? rule last year so there is progress mm-hmm. there. yeah there yeah. is yeah. progress i know i just i try and i i just want when we first started our faith transition, I was like, we're going to leave Utah. I can't be here. I, it's going to be so hard, blah, blah, all of these things. Now that we're kind of on the other side of it, I'm like, I really like being in Utah for a lot of reasons. One of them is that there's kind of this like shared camaraderie with with Mormons, ex Mormons, progressive Mormons, like that, you know, when you walk in somewhere, like I said this to, to Matt the other day, it's like you walk into a coffee shop and I know that like, at least like one person in there is nervous to be there. One person's an ex Mormon. One One person's going to loudly order a hot chocolate. Yes. (laughs) Like that. There's this this weird, very like it's home. I mean, it's home for me, you know, it's comfortable like Utah, but you walk into a Starbucks in Utah and there is tension like stronger than a nightclub everybody is like looking over their shoulder and terrified it's so true but then I like I see my friends that are like still active and how they have so lovingly handled friends that leave the church that I'm like maybe down the road things will be less less hostile like I want there to be just this weird community of like I don't know. That's, yeah. that's my, it's that's true. my ideal. I don't know. I don't know if it'll ever get there, but, but you had that experience um, when you went to the, that event and you were like, why was that so much more fun than everything else I've done? And it was because they were Mormon dude. Like, I know it, those are my people. They yeah. are your people. Yeah. And like, and, and all walks of Mormon, like we are still Mormon, even if my name's not on the records, but like, that's my heritage. That's yeah. like where I grew up. Oh, I've, and that's, I've yeah. been out these, these influencer events where I'm walking in and there's like five girls and like taking shots in their car they're all the Mormon <laughs> yeah. influencers they're way more fun they're coming in the there. Mormon influencers have been the most fun best women like yeah ever. even though 
feel like when the show first came out, they all came out publicly to like reprimand me and like go public with their like. I defended you. Did you know that? Yeah, I know you did. That's yeah. why I went on your IG live. Yeah. And also because I thought you're friends with Dre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. I was really. I I got real fired up when they started they, talking because they came straight out. For I'm me. actually still pissed about that. I'm just gonna. Well, put I it out f- I forgive and move on because we're Not all me. we're all performing the religion that yeah. was assigned to us. So like yeah. when they do that, that's just more faith to promoting to me that like. They're just projecting what, I mean, I wrote a letter to the editor when they were choosing un, um, like people that I didn't think were appropriate for the Pioneer Day Parade yeah. back in my time. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah. Joseph Smith would be abhorred. Yeah. Like I literally, I was passionate about my faith. Totally. And I probably, especially if I were that adjacent to it and it's kind of in the same realm, like they know fame. They know celebrity. They know, yeah. you know, manipulation of the public or whatever. Like to see someone do it and not honor their heritage and mm-hmm. their beliefs I, I mean I understood the reaction but I'm glad that there is space and there has been evolution because we have become friends yeah yeah totally. yeah because mm-hmm. the force of of everything that's happened I think with the Mormon purge and the celebrity of housewives all of it is just too big of an animal to like yeah attack of course I still get fact checked after every episode of course I'm like, is the Lutheran out there like fact checking <laughs> the Lutherans? You know what I mean? Being like, yeah. actually, our parish does not believe. I mean, yeah. uh-huh. it's ridiculous that we think one, like one doctrine applies to everyone. That's the same one yeah. in the same mentality. Yeah. They can fact check me and my faith and my consciousness because they know the rule book and there is no <laughs> yeah. deviation. I remember posting on my Instagram story after the the very the premiere of Housewives and. I remember because people were messaging me. I just, I feel like they're not representing what I believe, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, girl, listen, if there's an investigator, I promise you they're not going to housewives for, for <laughs> their information. If they want it, she's like, what about people who want to join the church? I'm like, they're not going to be like, you know what I should do? Watch Housewives of Salt Lake yeah. City. Like, that's not the purpose of it. They're like, it's just, I want people to understand my really, I'm like, then send them your, your thing. Cause yeah, then get yeah. on a TV show and be you on a TV yeah. show. And I'm like, this, that's not the purpose of Housewives. It's not a missionary moment for you. It's not like, it's, I thought it was the funniest reaction when I was, when I was getting messages like that. Like, they're like, they're just, they're going to misunderstand the doctrine. I'm like, Okay. These people don't represent us. These are not ambassadors for the church. Yeah. Like, they aren't doing the PR spin that we have been taught from infancy to yeah. spin. Mm-hmm. They're just saying, yeah, a lot of it's true. There's, you know, you, yeah. you scratch the dirt, you're going to find some polygamy. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, like, we are taught that being a mom and being a wife is better than anything else. Yeah. There's no way around it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many people have asked you about your business? How many people are fascinated about your business and want to talk to you about your business every single day? Zero. Okay, thank you. <laughs> How many times have our parents even come to the clinic, which they call, are you still in that clinic with your friend? That are you still in that fun little? Well, yeah, we yeah. do. We do um, caro syrup suckers, like, and we also do bread dough ornaments and Botox. You should come by. I know. It's every Saturday, 8 to 12. I get a babysitter. I don't like to bother Billy. You know, that's totally. what they yeah. expect or want mm-hmm. us to say. And mm-hmm. that's comfortable to them. And that they would embrace and celebrate. I'm going to go to Heather's Farmer's Market. I'm yeah. going to support An Etsy business. Yeah. 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 Are you still doing your temple prints online? I'll buy a few. <laughs> I'll buy 40. What are they? $4 each? You know what I mean? Yeah. But the second that we do anything, we get the forearm class where they're like, how are your kids doing? So totally. And I think because we are bred as women, Mormon women, to just, you know, do our thing, be wives and moms. So Maddie, I mean, how how did you break out of that? And how did you have this meteoric rise 
well, in podcasting. You guys are nice. I I would not call it meteoric, but I will take I will take the compliment. Dude, that's um, so Gen Z of you to not recognize that like <laughs> uh, two years of work and being as famous as you are and as good as it as you are. That's meteoric. That's nice. That's not that's how it's nice. supposed to happen. The bad broadcast is really good at that. Maddie is not. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, so I started the Instagram in January of 2020, and we were living in my parents' basement, and I was just like, I always worked just random jobs. I was like, a, I was a barista, like a server, worked at call centers, retail. Like I always liked having a job. Um, that when did I, esthetician? Why, you I went to skip over esthetician. I, I never. I went to aesthetic school. Never worked a day as an esthetician. Yeah, that's why you don't I worked work at, at the front desk. Lab. I worked at the front desk. I could run your front desk if you want. I could just. I can schedule You're laser. High. That's true because you know you schedule. know the right appropriate time to tell them no. Yes. No sun. No antibiotics. Yes. No chemical peels. Make sure you don't have a spray tan and yes, you shave. Look at this. Yeah. Um, so I got married in 2017. Went to aesthetic school in 2018. Uh, and then, yeah, I worked at a spot at the front desk for a year, but then I went back and I was working at Eva's Bakery in Salt Lake. Oh, that's, oh, I so, love that's an yeah. upgrade. Yeah, right I, I, <laughs> I seriously loved it. I worked at Sundance for a while as a server. Like, I just always worked part-time jobs. Anyway, so in January, January of 2020, I found a humor writing class in New York, a six-week class. And we didn't have enough, like, yeah, we were in my parents' basement. So I'm like, all right, we should just go, like, just go get an Airbnb for six weeks and do this writing class. So we went out there. I had this Instagram. I'm like, I'm just going to make this kind of like my brain dump. Like if I write jokes or bits or want to do a YouTube or whatever, I'll just kind of have it there. Um, so we're in New York, COVID hits. We moved back to Salt Lake. I don't have a job. I just have this, this Instagram. And I'm like, I guess I'll just make videos and do this or whatever. And then in June of 2020, I was like, I feel like I could probably, I don't, I didn't want to be an influencer. Like I didn't want to do like Instagram ads, mm. but I wanted to learn how to make money. So I'm like, maybe I do like merch or something like that. I'm like, whatever, I'll just try, I'll just try a podcast. Cause my husband is a, is a producer. So we've always had microphones. So mm-hmm. I'm like, whatever, I'll just record it. And then I would just do it every, I'd be like, I'll do one. So I do one. And then I would get a few more people listening and I'd be like, Okay, I'll do another one. I'll do one more week. And then one more week would pass and I'd be like, okay, I'll do one more. I'll do one more and we'll see if it goes anywhere. Um, and yeah, and it's, it's, I, I truly don't know if it has kind of sunk in that it grew really fast um, because it's always just been me. Like I don't have a, a manager or an assistant or anything. It's just, I've been doing the same thing every week for two years. You negotiate all your ads, all your... Ads. No, so I, well, so now I'm with Dear Media. Okay. So they do, but they do all of that. Like they just email me and say, you know, do you want this ad? And I say, yeah, and all of that. And so it's really just me by myself. <laughs> so I, um, yeah, and then it grew and now it's my job. That's so great. <laughs> so it's it's so really, impressive. It's, it's really, um, yeah, sometimes I... Yeah, I feel really, I feel really lucky. I feel what really do lucky. you attribute like your success to? My, and it's okay if it's you being funny and cool. It's I, I think that what I've always wanted to do with the bad broadcast and what I, what I hope people feel when they listen is that I really like the feeling of like meeting somebody and then having them walk away and be like, she just made me feel like we're best friends. Like that's how I want people to feel when they like meet me or when they listen to the podcast that like the second we sit down, we're best friends. Mm -hmm. So I feel like because I really want people to feel that way, it's, it's, it hopefully doesn't come across forced. Like, Oh, it's so like girls night. Let's all hang out. Let's be together. It's like, no, I really, I value female friendships and female relationships and like intimacy in that way. So I just put that 
first on my list. Like if, is somebody going to walk into the event or listen to the episode and like feel like they have a, a best, a new best friend, then that's what I want to do. So then hopefully that's what brings people to it. So you think mm -hmm. people you know are I mean? listening cause you're a really good host, really good interviewer. You connect with your guests or is it like your content? <sighs> I feel like you were saying what everybody is thinking only you articulate it so well. Well, that's and nice. So like the, every man it's, observation it is of totally relatable. And like, I feel like you're, I mean, personally, I feel like your podcast is a little bit geared more towards like your age group, like, yeah. you know, twenties and thirties. Definitely and, like millennial, yes. like my, my demographic is like 28 to 38 women, like 28 year olds to 38 year olds. Yeah. So there's a lot of like nostalgia and like, you know, nineties kids, early two thousands fashion, like stuff that <laughs> is just like written off as dumb to everybody else. But like, is like my core identity. But I have yeah. to say that like, cause I'm not in that age group. I do feel like I'm kind of like aged out of your podcast <laughs> and I listen every week because well, it is so funny and cool. And I'm thanks. like, it, it is totally relatable. And it, yeah, a lot of it is stuff that I'm like, Oh, I remember feeling that way when I was a young, like when I was yeah. Mom yeah. To young kids or yeah. whatever, or like when I was dealing with in-laws or, yes. you know, having funny, weird things happen in the neighborhood that yeah. I don't experience anymore, but it is still totally relatable and cool. Well, and I think the, when the podcast was growing, I was doing, I still do all of these story submissions, like the topics so people can write in. And I think that that is like the number one, I can credit all of the growth of the podcast to that because people want to share their story Absolutely. and have it on, yeah. you know, and then they get excited and they post about it and they share it with their friends. And then it's like, they have this whole, I, I think there's kind of this, uh, feeling of like, of venting to your friends mm -hmm. when you when people listen to the podcast like about their in-laws like they write in about their mother-in-law and then they know that there's you know all these women listening that are like on their side and backing yeah. them totally. up yeah. and I think that that's like I don't know that makes me feel that's what I hope people feel when they listen to it yeah, and so you've created a community yeah but like it's like vert like but without the part where we have to like hang out and get to know each other you know? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's ideal it's, yeah. Yeah. it's always like it's not a visual medium yeah no. yeah so that's I mean that's what I feel like has helped the podcast. And then also I've just tried to make it like, I've tried to always have fun doing it because you know, when you're hearing somebody and you're like, you hate doing this. Yeah. Like you are not having fun. You're bored with your own podcast. I'm like, no, I will only cover topics that I think are fun. I will only interview people that I think are fun. And I like, that is my main priority. And if it means less people listen, I don't care because the people who are listening are having a good time. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. That's so awesome. I yeah. mean, it's incredible. I thought I she'd been slogging away at it for like ten years. Because <laughs> I wish. you've had well, so much success, and your brand is so strong. Totally. That's I feel nice. like you have such a cult following. It's so yeah. awesome. So nice. Um, that's nice. You guys need to talk about though, like how you did go on Maddie's IG live. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about that. This was the, it was They're literally hands. P.S. Not a visual medium, but they are connecting. We are clasping hands it was, and talking about the moment. It was because, in 2020. I mean, and if the I, fact that you'd only been podcasting for a year, it, that's what's blowing my mind. It's like, it, I was nervous. If I were to list top three moments of that year, it was one of them is when you came on my life. Shut up. I swear. I sobbed after. Aww. I could not believe that you came on my live for me. It I, literally meant so much to me. I swear we were in our, we were in our little part. It was like, it was around Christmas time. Yeah. Because I remember. I remember asking you like what you liked to do because I was like, I was sitting there and I'm like, Heather Gay is watching my, Heather Gay is watching my live. I don't know what to do. Oh my gosh. And then I'm like, I re remember being like, come on, come on. And yeah. I was like, I promise I won't ask you anything I like sketchy. Yeah. I won't add, I, like, I won't make I you tell any secrets. <laughs> but I remember, no, it was like, I could not believe 
that you came on my live. I was that's so crazy because was, I like couldn't believe you wanted me on your live. Like I was just watching and <gasps> no, it was like I was so starstruck. I was so I was like it, there's like been moments throughout this whole process where I was like okay, I think this is like working and I think this can do that. And that was like one of the moments where I'm like, I think that I can do this. I think like if Heather Gay is watching and if like she's like into this, like maybe we can like keep going. Like it was huge. I mean, the thing that for me is it's like such a natural, of course I'm going to like absolutely support your uh, podcast and be like everything about it because you're my sister in Zion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Like, no, we that's have a connection yeah. that nobody would understand outside of the perimeter of yeah. what we grew up with. But, like, I mean, I could marry one of your brothers and I'd know what their favorite meals were. I mean, yep. a sight unseen. Yeah. I'd know how they spent their Sundays. I'd know what their favorite meals were. I knew they, how they what they did for Christmas, what they yep. did for conference. Yep. What they, I mean, I know what they do on April 6th and yeah. October 17th. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Totally. And it's just because the culture is so steeped in those traditions yeah. that there's, it's like, I mean, we wouldn't, there was zero barrier to entry to being best friends. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> like, know? no, totally. That's, that's how you feel. It's weird because, Oh, what was I going to say just about the culture? Oh, do you, do you feel like that? Where does that fall on like the scale of things that are hard to walk away from with the church? Like just the really strong tradition of well, it. What's devastating is that, where you're in on the joke and part of the community that doesn't feel rigid at all when you're within that that fence. Yeah. But then the second that you step out, people change how they are around you, not because you've changed, but because it's, you're no longer safe. You can't make a joke about the bishop to your friend that's left the church. Yeah. You can make a joke about the bishop to your best friend that goes, sees him every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And totally. so all of a sudden they are editing and censoring what yeah. is safe for them to talk about with me. And I am doing the same and it becomes a widening gap. Yeah. And it's not even about like steering to like safe topics. It's about our fundamental ability to be authentic and vulnerable with someone changes when they're no longer supportive of your narrative of Mormonism. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just the hard truth. Cause yeah. I have best friends that have known me since I was 15 and I haven't always been a picture perfect Mormon uh-huh. and they are fine with that. We don't talk about it, but they're fine with it. But now that I've left the church openly and I've gone on TV talking about it and I've written a book, every interaction that they have with me is an extension of their grace and their empathy and their ability to be the bigger person. And that to me is unfair. Yeah. Yeah. Because I could also say the same thing. Like, well, I still hang out with you because I'm open-minded enough to allow you to be crazy Yeah, (laughs) and in a cult, but I won't like before, like I, I've had, um, you know, I wouldn't say falling outs, but I've had it's distancing with all of my friends and I, I get it because the truth is it's hard for me to be around them too Yeah, because they don't want to talk about the show. They don't want to talk about my book. They don't want to talk about uh, my business. Yeah, They want to talk about the homecoming group, you know, and what girl we're not going to include or should we include her, you know, or yeah. they want to talk about their, the marriage and the baptisms and the missions and the stuff that like, I don't. That you're not involved anymore. You're yeah. Not, and that's just I don't not feel part of jazzed your life. about it either. I don't feel jazzed about marrying our daughters when they're 19. Yeah. I don't feel great about it. I don't feel great about celebrating it and acting like now their life as adults can begin. Yeah. 
I think it'd be a lot better to be like, become whomever you want to be, graduate from college, and then start dating. But we'll never, ever celebrate that for women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We de- breathe a collective sigh of relief when they've found someone that's a good guy that marries them in the temple. And then we just, then for the first time, they have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. But until then, they're just a liability. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, I think about that time before I was married and how badly I want I would have married anyone totally. I swear on my life I um, my my we bar did we did marry anyone. my bar <laughs> was in hell like I was like I literally don't care I don't care how mean you are to me I don't care that you make no money I don't care that you have no friends if you want to marry me like I will marry you yeah, like you like me you're asking yes, yes. the answer is yes yes no and question. like now looking back I mean like I look at girls who are 21 now and I'm like you wait no don't hold on like don't even date yet don't even yeah. kiss yet don't even do just like you are a <laughs> child like we should rate like raise that age but yeah the obsession it, it was it's hard to come to terms with how much time I wasted especially with like my education like I'm like I I want to go back to school now like I want to go finish my degree because I went to UVU for eight years and got like nine credits done <laughs> because I literally all I did was just sit in the hall and just hope that I got asked on a date. Yeah. And if I got asked, and if there was a guy in my class that I liked, that was the only time I would go to class. That was like, I had a one track mind and it was get married. 100%. And I missed out on all of those years of my parents paying my rent and going to college. Self-discovery, and, like yes. dating, like a guy from like Ash, my daughter is like, I want to kiss a guy from every D1 sport. And I'm like, I would have like dated a guy from every world religion. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would have loved to date the guy from every continent. And like travel. Like that would have fed my soul. Yeah. I wish I would have, yeah, traveled and and gone out of my, there are all of these opportunities that I'm like, well, I guess all we can do now is just tell other people to do it. (laughs) You know? Live your best life. Yeah. Tell your daughters and people that you love that it's like, I remember my older brothers who had left the church uh, when I was still single. I remember they were like, don't, don't worry about getting, you know, they weren't super pushy about anything, but they were just like, it's all right. If you're still single, like I, but I, I remember I turned 22 and I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm like your 22. eggs are drying up at 22. Like, and my, my brother was like, it's okay. It's fine. I'd be like, you don't get it. I have to be married. And now at 29, I feel like I'm about 13. Yeah. I'm like, now I feel like my life is just now beginning. Well, how about me in my forties? Like, it's just, this is like the first time I've ever lived authentically in my life. Truly. And it's not, and it's, and you're, you're early. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't start doing it till they're like 85. They say like 50 is the glory Mm -hmm. age. And I'm like, it's just so sad that like we, we, we don't have that opportunity when we're young. Like I'm like, do it now. You'll have 20 years on us. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, just like it's, but yeah, I mean, it's all. I feel like when I'm going through something in my life, it comes out on every podcast. So sorry to just really hammer home the sense of self thing, but it just, it just, um, Oh, now I lost my train of thought. Oh, just, I wish that I, that had been the the number one priority when I graduated high school, well, like that I'm just going to be obsessed with myself and do nothing but what makes me, cause that's what I do now. I like, I don't do one thing during my day that is not like something I want to do like pure hedonism like everything about no, the literally, <laughs> literally like I'm like what can make like I wake up in the morning and I'm like what can make my day better like I, like and I do that now because I for so many years it's been like okay how can I help who do I need to what what kids do I need to babysit how can I help how him can how can I do sister, this good daughter yes good, good all of these wife, things how yeah. can I what are they mad at me how can I make this up to them and now it's like I'm not doing that anymore 
I am not, I wake up and I talk about, or, and I think about what I need for my day to go good. And I only do that. So how is that working out for you? Oh, it has been the best thing ever. (laughs) And I think, I mean, I said this earlier, but truly I, I really do think it's made me a better person for other people in other people's lives. Like I'm a more present friend. I'm a more patient daughter. I'm nicer. I'm more available for my nieces and nephews. And when I go over there, it's like, it's not out of obligation and it's not out of this like duty to babysit. It's like, I am choosing what I want to do. So when I'm there, it's more fun for them. I'm, I, I don't know. It just, it's, it was like the missing ingredient in my life lately that I didn't realize how much of my time was spent catering to other people. And I was feeling, you know, and then I'm doing things passive aggressively or I'm not, you know, all of this stuff. And so when I sat down and I was like, I'm just going to only worry about me. It's called thinking like a man. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Only worry about me. I, everything got better. Every one of my relationships, literally every single one of my relationships improved. And there hasn't been any fallout. People thinking like, sit down, Maddie. Sit down. No, be humble. Yeah, be humble. (laughs) No, because I feel like I, well, the other thing is that I'm I'm in a, position like I don't have kids like you know it's not like I ignore like anything like that but I feel like the people around me are really proud of me for doing it because they've seen how much pain it's caused me to overly worry about other people and put my whole identity in other people and um you know wait for their validation and their direction and their everything and so the people who love me who see me you know stand up for myself and and say, Hey, I want to do this. And I want my career to look like this. I want my, you know, home self, whatever, all of this, you know, they are fully on board because the people who benefit from lack of boundaries are going to be mad. You know, like if, you know, my boundary (laughs) of like, you know, if I put this boundary up of, I no, I'm taking care of myself. I'm not going to go to that thing. I'm not going to give in and do that. They'll be mad because they benefit from your lack of boundaries. Right. So then you can tell who is there for you and who's there for you. It's a great sifter. Like yeah. wheat from the tears, like yeah. the people who matter don't mind. And the people yeah. who mind because every don't single boundary, all of these new boundaries that I've put up in the last few months of my life where I'm, where I'm like, Hey, I, you know, I don't want to do this thing. You know, Could you like, give us an example of like, a like specific I, boundary? I don't like going to, well, like I don't like going to influencer events. I don't like going to those. I don't feel good when I go to them. I don't feel like I just don't like going to them. And so I put that up and I say, I'm not going to go to these influencer events. All of the women who I've met that I love, they don't give a shit if I go or not. (laughs) They don't care at all. But the people who benefit from like that, uh, that like, I don't even want to say sacrifice, but just like me going to something that I don't want to be my kind of performance there. It serves them and they're bugged that I don't want to go. And they think I'm being a bitch and they think that I'm like, think I'm too good for this or whatever. Um, or like with family, that's what it is. Like if they never say it's like, Oh, she's really into her career. It's like, and she knows exactly what she wants. She's a bitch and she's uppity. Yeah. Uh That's what we assign to women that have boundaries. Yeah. Or like going to family things like, you know, Hey, I, I can't go to this family thing. I can't, this is not, this isn't actually happening. But for example, like I can't babysit this many nights in a row, my nieces and nephews or something. If I, if, if my brothers were to push back and be mad at me for it, I would be like, okay, then, then what's going on here? Why why are you benefiting so heavily from me not taking care of myself? Right. But when I put a boundary up and I say, Hey, I actually can't watch your kids tonight. I'm going to go do this, take care of myself. And that person's like celebrates that and they're excited and they're like, I'm so proud of you for doing that for yourself. Like you deserve that. I'm like, 
that is what it feels like to be supported. Yeah, <laughs> like that's nice. what it feels that's like really to nice. be off. You know, the authenticity yeah, part. Yeah, to that live we're authentically about. and to yeah. be received authentically. Yeah, but you can t- the minute boundaries go up, you can really tell why people are in your life. Yeah, because Amen. they they are not shy about saying, "Well, what about me? What about what about how I benefit from you?" What about how I benefit from you um, not having boundaries and catering to everything I want? Um, yeah. And then, yeah, it's it's kind of sad. I feel like this summer I've like put up, I've put up, I shouldn't say walls, but my circle has gotten much tighter. Much tighter. Like I, I really just have like my core people that I trust, that I, that I know trust me. And I just don't, I don't even think about anybody else. Cause I'm like, if you broke the boundary or you broke the trust, I, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do for that's you. That's exactly where I am. And it's very freeing. Cause it's yeah. like, I, all I did was progress. Yeah. Truly. I haven't like, maybe I'm like, I've progressed and I've built up enough boundary to, you know, say no to one thing or yeah. to choose who's in my life and not like feel I have to be everything to everyone. Yeah. And like the people that matter don't mind. Yeah. And it just, it like, and they're of proud of it. Everything. They're proud yeah. of your boundaries and they know and your religion, your religion, your relationships flourish Yeah, and the other ones die out. Yeah, because you've you've changed, but you've changed in a positive, good way. Yeah, and I and I feel like when I when I do put those those boundaries up or those walls or you know I I decide that somebody's not like okay. So for example, this summer I had something happen. I had told somebody about it, and I had said please. There's somebody that I really really trusted, and I said please. I'm not ready to to share this. If you could not tell anybody, that'd be great. Told a lot of people. A lot of people. I'll tell you after. Told so, <laughs> told a lot of people, and it has to this day made my life so much harder than necessary because th- this person decided to tell something really intimate about my life, and I don't feel mad. I don't feel angry. It was just this really clear, like, okay, you now fall on that side of the boundary. We don't need to see each other. We don't need to talk mm-hmm. about it. We don't need to. I don't need to prove anything. I don't need to fight with you. I don't need to unfollow you. Like but you're just now on that side of the boundary and I'm going to continue on the other side. And it's really freeing because it's just like that. I'm like, I don't wonder. I'm like, if you, if you're not in, if, if you're going to break trust or you're not going to be somebody who like, supports me, then bye. Bye. Love you, baby. Love bye. you. Love you. Yeah. But I don't feel like an anger about it anymore. Like I used to, I don't know. It's like, thank you now, for but. showing me who you are early in the game so yeah. that I can like, clarify and have a clearer path moving forward yes and I can have a good time because yeah. literally every day I just want to have a good time <laughs> I mean this is a new religion the hedonism that, yeah. of, that we all and you're like it's such a beautiful thing because it's when you're a mom and you have kids you can't yeah you literally try yeah you yeah. try to every day and yeah. it just they screw it up <laughs> they do. but this is good practice and it's kind of like um you know like on an airplane you have to put your mask on first before you yeah. can help anyone else, you have to make sure that you are Absolutely. breathing the air before you can can't, help can't someone pour, else. Can't pour air. from an empty well, yep. as they say. Exactly. And yet I have been feeding and thirst. My, chil- my thirsty children have been <laughs> <laughs> amply. I mean, I feel like I've been an empty well for the last decade. And yeah. imagine if you I would have, have filled been. your I mean, well before you became a mother. This is why it's so great that Maddie's I would having have been this experience. Such how, a do we, how do we fill your well? Well, the truth is, like, a lot of my well has been filled through Beauty Lab. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, becoming financially independent, it's not just a part of your identity. It is, clearly, it is your identity. Yeah. And it's the identity that men have from when they're born. Like, I was thinking when you were 18, like, the way that you're thinking about your life now, this summer, you know, when you've just been about yourself, 
think about being 18 and having it be like, what am I going to contribute to the world? How am I going to be most successful? What am I best at? What can I, you know, where, what road am I going to take? And then it's like, and then I'm going to bring on along some happy girl and a couple of kids with me. But it never changes from your scope of self divination. Yeah. And as women, our entire empowerment is to attach ourselves to someone that hopefully will treat us nicely and have the same goals as we do. Yeah. Do you feel like housewives in general has been a, a cup filler or a cup Poorer. Oh, a cup filler, absolutely, because it's made me, it's given me a seat at the table. Like yeah. celebrity and fame, as vacuous and vapid as they are, it gives you visibility. Yeah. And I'm at the age where I'm a divorced single mother that doesn't trade on her looks or her wealth mm-hmm. and may have all of those things, but that's not my tool chest. You yeah. know what I mean? And I was absolutely invisible. I was invisible to contractors. I was invisible to the grocer clerk. I was yeah. invisible to the teachers. Like, you, you just kind of slowly slip off the pier into this realm of like, no one, you have no voice. You're, no one cares. No one cares. Yeah. cares. Yeah. You don't have a rich husband. You don't have kids that can make or break their career. You yeah. don't, you know, you're not a donor. Yeah. There's just, but now fame and money, uh, suddenly people are interested in what I have to say. They notice when I walk in a room. Yeah. They notice when I leave a room. They notice if I show up. They notice if I don't. Yeah. And for some social anxiety, that's terrifying and horrifying because I want to be like the invisible, like, yeah. you know, person that hangs up the feeble knees and strengthens yeah. the hands that hang low, you know? But yeah. now it's, it's like my life daily hasn't changed, but the way that people respond to me has and yeah. there's no it's like when you lose 40 pounds yeah. and all of a sudden never done you're that the prettiest, yeah. <laughs> I mean you see it happen to no, people yeah, that yeah. have been like we talked more about Rebel Wilson's weight loss than any movie she's ever been in yeah mm-hmm. and she was a comedic force and did so much more but we're more fascinated with her and Adele and uh-huh. like Mindy Kaling yeah mm-hmm. women that were were virtually were invisible for so many people now mm-hmm. they're like let's put her on the cover of Vogue yeah. you know let's you're skinny now yeah, so you deserve this and I've seen it my own life yeah. like when I've dropped 10 pounds and all of a sudden like and it's just to me it's it's just sneezing you know yeah. what I mean like it's gonna come back tomorrow like, yeah. Yeah. Find it. yeah like there's it's, yeah it's just uh that visibility it's sad to realize how um superficial it is what yeah. it hangs on for women because it's not like that for men no yeah I mean Stanley Tucci Oh is yeah! A oh, prince. No, there's, there's. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll he never wasn't given age a genetic out. Lo- lottery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like James Caan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And men will never, ever, they ever nev- age out of it. Never. They, they don't be, age out. They grow yeah. into it. They become more handsome, more respectable, more rich. And yeah. We um, become more invisible. So. I and that is one of the beautiful things about housewives is that's that the it does give a voice to a, a platform age group that. That is, is, it's one of my, it's like one of my favorite things about housewives yeah, is, what the, other is franchise? the, I mean, obviously the women that they choose, but the demographic that they yeah. choose, like I, because I, I remember saying this on one of my really early episodes before this was way before even housewives or Salt Lake even came out. And I remember, I remember being like, I just love that they're showing that women like Ramona's what 65 yeah. or something she's nuts but she's she's rich and fun and you know and like living her best life and living her best life and it's not the story that we get and like that's not the story that we've been taught I should say totally when in reality women can be fun and rich and go out and you know earn their own money and make their own friends and throw events and do all of these things when they're 50 60 70 like and come into their own in that second that yes. second third face of life yeah and, I think housewives in its of itself, like it's built on the concept of women, bored women with lots of money that are married to powerful rich men. Yeah. 
And then when you give those women power and money, New York Housewives is like the proof of it. Orange yeah. County, once they become independent financially, Aren't, n- none they of them are even married. Yeah. Not a single one <laughs> yeah. of them is married. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just ironic that it's housewives that turn these women into tycoons yeah. and independent, um, authentic, yeah. who they are. And I hope they behave crazily. I hope they do have the you know, rainbow of palette of oh, totally. colors that all the men seem to have and like not be condemned, you know? Who's your, who's your, I mean, I know you've probably asked this a million times, but who is your favorite housewife of all time? Well, my favorite housewife of all times is Sonia Morgan. Yeah. I really related to her, uh, when she got divorced, when she had to like, when she was clinging to that former identity, when she was only important to people because mm-hmm. of her Morgan name. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt a lot of that and the shame and like being cut out of like the family line, the wealth, all of it because you're divorced. And mm-hmm. like the way that the women came at her for that, I just felt the Related. high sensitivity. Yeah. Cause I knew women that kissed my ass because of who I was married to. Because yeah. We had no other connection, you know? And like when I wasn't married, I wasn't as palatable. Like it's not as fun to bring the single mom on, you know, to your houseboat or to your, yeah. you know, Newport Villas week. You know what I yeah, mean? It's yeah, fun yeah. to bring like, oh, do you know his dad is Bob Kane? The bill. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's where mm-hmm. the currency was when I was first a young mom. Yeah. And that went away immediately. And that made me, uh, what was I talking about? Sonia. Sonia. Oh yeah. So I understand. I understood yeah. the, the loss of that. And I also th- felt like Sonia embraced authentically who she was and she's pretty messy and she's pretty but she isn't mean yeah Sonia's not she's not great but she's not mean she's not mean-spirited and I don't I think she is truly not a misogynist she's a woman that supports other women and the other women hate women and I understand that because I was raised with misogyny yeah (laughs) Yeah. but so Sonia's my all-time favorite of course I admire Bethany you know the most of what she's done with it Mm mm-hmm and then, but like, I really love the crazy ones. Like, yeah. I love Jules. Mm-hmm. I love Kelly Ben Simone. I love the yeah. ones that are just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we didn't, even, Mary we didn't even get to, to Mormon fame. We didn't I know. even talk That's about it. That's gotta be part two. We're gonna have to do a part two. I know. Because we'll Mormon fame is this thing like, I had people that like were not famous at BYU that like came to my business. I worked at Electric Beach, Tanning Salon, so I saw yeah. everyone. And then they went on to fame. Like, I watched their careers like a hawk. Kevin it's Rom. So fascinating. Kevin Rom, you used to come to Electric Beach and then you got your big turn on uh, Providence, that show about like um, in Rhode Island about uh-huh. ju- youth justice or whatever. And then he was on uh, Grey's Anatomy <gasps> and then he had like a turn on Mad Men. He had a big, huge career. Oh my gosh, we was, should have. on Grey's or just. Wait, Heather. Know. He was we, on Mad Men for wait, sure. Do you and I need to start a separate podcast all about on, Mormon adjacent fame? I mean, I could. I have, I have we a list literally, in my we phone need to right the, now. We need to do a YouTube series right now. Aaron Eckhart, <laughs> Julianne Huff. Let's throw some, yeah, Julianne and <laughs> Billy grew up with the Huffs. And I mean, I know their dad, Bruce Huff. was a David Archuleta. Friendly. David Archuleta. Hello, Elizabeth Smart. Elizabeth Smart. That's a, Billy's dad was her bishop in Park City. See, okay. Yep. We've got a, we've got a whole series. It's a small world, It's a small world. Small Lake City. We well, have, I, take, have I taken up your guys' this whole entire day? You know what? No, but we probably should wrap it up. Um... But I mean, we're gonna have to do a part two. Sorry, Maddie. No, we like, are. No, we are. Just, you, you're sorry. It's well, we're best this is, friends. This is how I, I, I contrived this so that it, we would have to do a part two. <laughs> well, thanks for anyway. letting me take up all of this time. I could just chat all day. No, I, we'll do a part two. Yeah. 
I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna apply to work at your front desk. Okay. What if hired. one day you What Maddie, if one day you come in and well, I'm literally taking calls? I would love it. I would be like, better you than me. I can't answer the phone. I can also laser. Anxiety. I can laser anything. Yeah. Laser. Oh, no, no, I'd have you be my concierge laser person. <laughs> yeah. Like, Perfect. Is Maddie here? Great. I need a Brazilian. I'll cover just Meet me in the, the back buttholes. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. If there's a need, people. Belly button to backside oh, with Maddie Murphy. Yes, we'll do a part two and we'll do a bad broadcast episode. We'll do the whole Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Well, thank it. you so much. For, oh my gosh, of course. For yeah, joining us, sharing your course. story. It's so amazing. We just love you. So we're all connected. Yes. All as sisters. We, as sisters in Zion, we'll all work together. The blessings of heaven, our labors we seek. We'll do whatsoever is gentle. Do you still love hymns? Of course. We started a choir to sing Literally, hymns. because we miss singing hymns. We sing. We're sing, we if I listen, if I listen to I'm trying to be like Jesus. I'm trying to be. Don't all cry. Like no, Jesus. listen. If they ever show um, from like auditions for uh, for housewives, yeah, it's mostly Heather singing hymns. Mostly. <laughs> <What>? If <laughs> I could hide to collab in the twinkling of an eye. I'm gonna listen to these on the way home. Sometimes it's I still so listen to EFY music. I listen. I listened to Hillary Weeks the other day on repeat. <laughs> Honestly, and Mindy Gladhill. She's now we a friend. The, we need like, on the outro here. We need an EFY song. Yeah, do it. Yes, do it. Done I done. want to be a window to his love. That's Julie DeAzevedo. <laughs> love it. I go to therapy at her place. See, there we go. See? Anyway. Small world. Small <laughs> exit. Like you look at me. There you go, bro. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, yeah. See him. We see love you. Five see seconds. the connections run deep. Stillwaters run deep. Yep. Indeed. Small Lake City. We're so happy to have you here. Yes. And remember Thanks, that life or uh, the lab loves you. Thank you. Remember that the lab loves you. We love Maddie Murphy more, but we love you too. I love the lab. The lab. We should call it the lab broadcast. The lab yes. broadcast. Live love lab, and okay. uh, life is short. By, By the, the lips. lips. can be together forever someday we can be together forever someday